the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Eli Roth is a legend. You all know this. But I know him from a gym called Crunch. He's legendary to me in many other ways. <laughs> Do you know that I got kicked out of that Crunch for not wearing underwear? Wait, what? Yes, it's a gym in West Hollywood run by gay men. And I used to, I, I was poor and I had these like Umbros, remember Umbros yeah, yeah, shorts? Yeah. And I didn't wear underwear with, I don't know. I just didn't wear underwear when I worked out, I guess. And I would do sit-ups. Were you doing the leg machine where you open your legs? I would do legs, the leg machine. The thigh machine. <laughs> and no, that's then, what I did in auditions back were, then. Oh, it was the Sharon Stone trick. But I was, um uh, uh remember there was mirrors? I would do sit-ups. In the mirror. In the mirror. Yeah. And they asked me to leave. And the and joke's on them because I never paid for my membership. Ha ha. I would go through and uh, I'm not going to say punchlines if that's how you laugh. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the joke's on them. Was that a punchline? No. I'm saying ha ha. I'll, I'll laugh when there's a punchline. Again, no end to the story. <laughs> Can we turn on that oven, please? Because okay. at this point, <laughs> it's preferable. No, the, by the way, this, by the way, this, this is this my was, horror movie. This is my nightmare. No, this is, first of all, the crunch was amazing because it would be you, me, Mindy Kaling, Like Chris Jericho. It was a fun, fun bunch. And Whitney, we were doing... Jennifer Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Carpenter. And then, remember, I don't know if you were there at the time. This is when I was kind of like early, early, I think yeah. before we had met. Because like, you know, uh, Eli and I have been friends for how long? A long time. Never's tried anything on me. It's actually insulting. Um, uh, by the way, hold on a second. Instant friends. Instant friends. But you but, could say, but I never tried anything on you except I told everyone... Do you want to tell it? So there's something called IMDb, which is the master database for every act. This is actually- This is before Twitter. Way before, before Twitter. Social, so the only way before every meeting I went on, I went on my IMDb trivia and I loaded all these ridiculous things. Is deathly allergic to cats? Can't stand the sight of blood. Was cut in half with a chainsaw. It's a bar mitzvah. Because I knew the journalists were so lazy that before they met with you, they'd print out your IMDb trivia or before a meeting and people would be like, so you are you allergic to cats? And what's this thing about the fear? So that I could create my own myth, so that every story you're socially engineering the journalist to write about. Go on my IMDb now; they're still there. It's like, but would you, you can never go with it when oh, they brought it up? Oh, I knew that they hadn't done their homework, and I could just say whatever I wanted. I could craft my own narrative. So I went on, but then I realized you could do it to other people. So I real I knew that when Whitney was going to have meetings, people would print out her IMDb before she walked in the room. Like, who's this girl? I don't know. What does she do? Look her up on IMDb, and then you click trivia. And engaged to Eli Roth. Was briefly engaged to director Eli Roth. <laughs> okay. And then Because I... we were going to go see a very long engagement. That was going to be like, and because we, we'd seen Amelie, and then a very long engagement came out. We never got to see it. So we did a very, I wrote, was briefly engaged to director Eli Roth. But this is like cabin fever time. So it's it's such, it's not crazy enough. It's like, oh, they totally could have That could have been, yeah. But, but you I, couldn't get rid of the lie. I, we couldn't get it off. <laughs> and then I can't get a job because people are like, how bad of an actor is Whitney that she's engaged to Eli Roth and in none of his movies. That part I didn't think through. Yeah, I, I was thought, just like, if I, I was engaged to Eli Roth and I'd be like, 
Well, I don't want to call him a liar because he, like, as a, you know, I don't want to fuck up his life. And, like, you know, and then I was like, well, yeah, and I, I just, I don't really do horror. Like, it's not for me. Like, I didn't, yeah, it was I'm just so not, like, embarrassing. It was, I, had I no, didn't even get the job to get the knife in my pussy on the trampoline. Oh, you could, yeah. Well, <laughs> Couldn't that, even get that? You, well, you know, Vendula Bednarova, who I did guess, did a fantastic <laughs> job. She was, you know, a Czech porn star. Anyways. And then we would, were, um... Uh, uh, and then, oh yeah, because I would go in and they'd be like, so you're engaged to Eli Roth. No, huh? no, no. You told me they would soon, they'd be like, so? so? And you'd be like, you'd be like, what? And they'd be like, how's Hollywood? You made, you made some friends and um, you were, are you, you're not married, right? No, <laughs> mm-hmm. what, but you were. Uh, by the way, I didn't know about it for <laughs> No, months. I didn't tell her. I didn't tell <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. I'd be like, what are you talking about? And they just thought I was fucking nuts. I'd be like, no, I haven't been engaged to anyone. Like, they just thought I was a liar to try to flirt with other producers because a lot of times women that are married will pretend they're single. So, like, this bitch is, like, cheating on Eli. What an asshole. It was so great. And then they were like, your engagement to Eli. You're like, ha ha, yeah, he's my friend. Like, what, did Eli tell you that? They're like, no, it's on the internet. And I just look like a paranoid, schizophrenic psychopath who's like pretending I wasn't but the thing about it was we also were like we were on best week no like he's my friend we're friends like you like oh like no but I'll date you if you're interested like I was like it looked like I was trying to be single for male producers exactly it was it couldn't have it worked so much better like that joke paid dividends like I could never have planned but the best thing was see Whitney and I were friends we were also briefly on a TV show called Best Week Ever. Cause she was like a comedian and I was the director, but I knew the producer it was a Fred Graver or someone's like, just come do Best Week Ever. I forgot about so that. So we would go and do Best Week Ever and see each other and they'd give you a list of topics the day before. So that morning you'd write the Cause jokes. Cause you're for some fucking reason, I know there's lots of overlaps in comedy and horror, which we'll talk about in a minute, but you're also, and it, it, it pains me to say this, hilarious. Thank you, Whitney. You look pained when you I'm say pissed. it. I'm pissed, yeah. You I'm not pissed. happy about but, it. But we would jokingly be competitive and be like, did you say that joke about, you know, whatever, that Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, you know, whatever, Lindsay Lohan, whatever was the thing of like 2003. When we were trashing a bunch of uh, uh, teenagers that teenagers were Teenagers who were hugely successful. <laughs> like yeah, that yeah. fucking whore. <laughs> well, you didn't know back we then. It was a joke. We, we didn't, didn't know. The only source was teams. So they would give you like what had ever happened that week because it was pre-social media. So the joke was, Wow, look, we're doing a TV show. What happened this week? How funny is that? Yeah. Like the concept itself is funny. So, but we would be on the treadmill and we would talk and then we would watch the show and be like, you had two jokes. I know that we were, we were like jokingly competitive about it because we knew we didn't care. But I was like, I should have said that but joke. But also, maybe they only My, put me in because they thought we were engaged. Maybe. They, <laughs> and then so I was like, I was like, oh, I have a great joke. And then because, and then it worked. And then by the way- And then way, I had to like write IMDb like 15 times. I was like, I will try and take it off. I was like, I, I literally had to write and like do stuff with IMDb. Be like, please take this off Whitney Sings. I did it as like a Like it's actually embarrassing to now. Me now it's become like the, the herpes of IMDb now trivia. Now like, she's it's just getting there. known, Never. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, now that she's famous, like the joke's over, yeah. let's let it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want anyone thinking I was engaged to her. I can't get any girls to date it's me. Not, it's not there anymore. Yeah, everyone thinks I was engaged <laughs> And by the way, like, of her. were you there at the time that Jodie Foster- uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum was on the elliptical and Jodie Foster came in and got next to him and I was like I thought all celebrities like just I thought they all talked to each other and they never spoke it was so weird it's weird when you see that interaction you just assume that like but the way our parents do the way my mom as soon as I was in Hollywood they'd be like I saw an article with your friend Bruce Willis I was like this is her on Cavity I was like I don't know Bruce Willis but I know he was a famous person in Hollywood but then, you know, then I wind up working with him later. They're like, see? <laughs> he is your friend. I'm like, still not. We worked. 
But that's everything. Like, if I was a PA, I remember I was a PA on Quiz Show, which dates me. Whoa! On Quiz Show, I was assistant to the producer. And Ray Fiennes, and my mom starts sending me GQ magazine with Ray Fiennes on the cover. I was like, what are you doing? It's like, it's your friend Ray Fiennes. I was like, mom, I was assistant to producer. I have one of 100 people working in the movie. I said good morning to him, but I don't collect magazines. Same thing with, like, my mom would be like, you know, Ryan Gosling had a restaurant. He had a Moroccan restaurant. When he first, like, Ryan, when he was indie actor before his heartthrob he had a moroccan restaurant that was like off la cienica or robertson and he would go in the kitchen and cook like that was his thing he was he would only do like art house movies he worked at a bodega like Whoa. ryan was like super funny weird yeah, interesting he's, cool. he's like we're like why are you working at a bodega he's like because i like it i like talking to people then he had a restaurant and then so we i took like my, my parents we went to the moroccan restaurant and ryan gosling comes out and i'm like this is Ryan Gosling's restaurant. My mom's like, what are you talking about? And he comes out of the kitchen and then blah, blah, blah. she's like, he's so nice. He's so nice. So then it started with like, how's, how's your friend Ryan Gosling? I'm like, well, he's, I don't know. I, I don't really hang out with him, but I've, we have hung out. He's a nice guy. And then my mom starts sending me every article ever on Ryan Gosling for like four years. And I was like, we have to. And of course I tell Ryan this. I was like, Ryan, if you ever want all of your press, <laughs> I, I have a bug. And he's like, and so of course... I run into Ryan Gosling at some event that my parents are at, and Ryan goes like extra nice to my mom, going, "Oh, you're so sweet," and then she's like, "See, your friend Ryan Gosling." Why do you and lie to me? And Ryan's and Ryan I'm is like a wedding of you and Whitney Cummings right? for months. That and then Ryan will be like, "Yeah, now you're gonna get all more impressed for the next six years." <laughs> it's a joke. It's like, but that's what parents do. They love that. They're like, "Oh, your friend." Like Hollywood is one big friend because everybody gets along in Hollywood. Nobody is not friends with people. I wanted to look up Eli's uh, IMDb facts. Because... Oh my god, they're good. Yeah, they're on. They're on there. But I keep IMDb, adding them. I don't know what's going. I don't go to trivia. I don't see trivia anymore. I feel like uh, I'm going to click on like my birthday and then it goes to trivia. They keep redoing Okay, it. good, good, good. Uh, April 18th, Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, whatever okay. the first four are, because it's in order of when you did them. So they're like literally 20 years old when I started. Uh, they, I feel like they don't MBA. have fun. F oh, trivia. Okay, let's trivia. see. This is it. One Student Academy Award in 1995, NYU film, thesis, have, restaurant dogs. Yep. Spent six years researching the project uh, for director David Lynch. It's true. It's true. Right? Sure. Okay. I got the idea for Cabin Fever when he was in Iceland and contracted yep. wow, and contracted a case of a flesh-eating disease. I remember that. It was a skin infection. I exaggerated for IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It wasn't, you know, it necrotizing does. fasciitis or photobacterium damzella. It was just like some kind of ringworm. But I did shave and take off like all my skin and I was scratching and got like chunks on my face. Yeah, that's what it looked like. But of course, well, as soon as that happens and I'm scratching and itching have? and holding my, looking my hand, it's an exact scene in the movie like that. And, and then yeah. I look in the mirror, I was like, where's the camera? And then I went to a doctor in Iceland, this is 1991. I was working on a horse farm, training Icelandic horses. What? Trying in the horse team. You trained horses? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, but they taught me I helped out for nine weeks. I lived on the farm, riding, breaking and training horses, Icelandic what? horses. And then I had a horse at this farm, Ingolfskvall, in Selfos. This is if, you, if I had known this when we met, it would have gone right, a different way. Gone, I know. I'm glad way. you didn't tell me this. The horse, in, yeah. Whoa. No, I know. Like I really got into riding in Icelandic horses and living in Iceland. That's where there's a whole Iceland theme in Hostel and in Hostel Two. You can see me in Hostel Two riding through the frame 
On my Icelandic course. Can I say something to you? Yes. Um, Because I do, you know, equine therapy for, you know, with Averick's youth and, um, you know, kids with autism and, you know, kids that were abused and rehabs and stuff like that. And because so much communication is nonverbal, people learn so much from just like, you know, being with horses and communicating with horses. Because if you say what you mean, uh, or if you're basically if your feelings uh, and your body language contradict, they get very confused. Like has... Did working with horses and training horses help you as a director uh, be able to be like a better leader, like like from that experience and how much you can communicate uh, just with your body language and your energy? Because I think a lot of times people don't realize that even when they're not talking, they're communicating and their energy is coming off. And, you know, when someone comes in, a director comes in, it's like it sets the tone. As soon as you walk in, even if you're like, hey, guys, great day. Let's go. Everyone's like, what's going on? You know how contagious our energy is and horses feel that because they're prey animals. So they kind of hold up a mirror to where your energy is. Any of this? Yeah, I got the flesh thing in my face, and I was like, oh, let's make a good horror movie. <laughs> that was from the hay in the barn. Well, so, what about yeah. your leadership style? No, no, I will style. tell you this. Uh, the leadership came from being a camp counselor. You're like, that's where I got the idea I'll for Sibians t- to sit in, on in Video Can Village. Can I tell you something? The three summers that I was a camp counselor at Meadowbrook Day Camp, when I had a group of 35 to 40, 10 and 11-year-old boys, and you got to go to archery and arts and crafts and mm-hmm. you change for swimming and... I know he took your chair, but let me tell you something. Just sit in this chair for now, and mm-hmm. I'm going to give you an extra cookie. But you can't tell him because we're in the special cookie club, right? Because, yep. okay, that's our secret, right? Organizing those kids, I had them wrapped around my finger. And then it was like, I know he got a bigger trailer, that's but but your trailer, his trailer is bigger, but it's actually grosser. Yours has a better toilet and the blah, 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 blah. And I know that they, like, you think I'm shooting the close-up, but what you don't realize is that you're the scene that they're, you're not in. I'm going to get a close-up and be there. And that's right. Those skills of, and I was like the neighborhood babysitter. I was like the kid that was responsible that the parents trusted. Those are the skills that it paid off directing because I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, this is like being a fucking camp counselor. Because you are responsible for 20 adults that are probably being run by their inner child because everyone recreates their childhood circumstances on over a set. Over and over and over. This and is over. also why I love, okay, so that's genius. Also, this is why I like uh, hiring moms because the, usually when there's like a problem, they'll be like, is anyone, do you need a water? Do you want to go take a nap? Can I tell you? It's true. I love it. It's, re- it's really great when you have the actors that have kids mm-hmm. and there's a problem on set and the parent comes out. It's just like, all right. You, and you can really see that right away. That reminds I me of but, but with the horses, what was amazing was, and this is like when I swam with sharks and the, the, like <laughs> I, I had a similar experience. I would go out into the pen. I'd never done this. There were like 40 or 50 Icelandic horses and they were in this pen and you would walk out into the pen and they're, they, in America, they start training the, the horses at like two years old. They yeah. start breaking them. They wait until they're five or six in Iceland. So they call them spirited. They're like much more developed personalities yep. by the time you start training them and teaching them the gates and stuff. So the ones that are four or five, you walk out, they come right up to you and start nuzzling you. You're mm. surrounded by these animals and they're short and they have sloping backs and long hair because it was, you know, it was getting ready for the summertime. It was still cold they're out. Little polar and bears. you would just hug them. And they would come up to you and nuzzle you. And without knowing their names or seeing the difference in the colors, you knew who everyone was. They had such strong personalities. And this one is shy. And this is the friendly one. And then this is this one. And this one's mad at that one. And being there for nine weeks every day, you just look forward to the moment when you're out there with those animals. And I swear to God, I had that experience with sharks. And I was totally convinced sharks are going to kill you. They're going to be monsters. They're going to eat you. And I went down underwater and I found them to be the most like very like shy, intelligent, careful, like looking at me. If you had a piece of fish, they would carefully take it out of your hand. Yeah. Like very conscious to not hurt you. Not like, I mean, it was What everything. if it's me on my period though? 
Nothing. I cut my hand open, blood, they could care less. They don't, they don't like human blood. You cut open a fish, they're like, oh, that's what they want. They, they, they're not, we're not in their food chain. So if you're on your period or anything, it's like orangutan, you might get raped. Shark, nothing's going to happen. Dolphins like to force themselves on people Okay, too. well, dolphins. Okay, dolphins are different, but sharks are not. Like, I was like, what if I cut my hand? The girl's like, what if I have my period? They're like, you're fine. Don't worry. This, you'll see. And I did it. Like, I was, I realized that I had cut my hand on some coral and I was bleeding and there was nothing from the sharks. And I was, wait, I mean, actually with a cut hand, waving it in front of a shark's nose, nothing. But so did, was it a slow buildup to being that confident? Instantaneous. I went down, first I went with reef sharks in the Bahamas and were very shallow. And they told me, and then they were, and I was like, okay, I want to go in Tahiti and I dove with tiger sharks. And the tigers with these, you know, 2,000 pounds. I mean, Huge, these 18 yeah. foot creatures that come right over you, like Ugh. the opening of Star. And they were, just, I mean, you could put your hand on their nose. I mean, we had someone, I look, I had people around me that were very experienced. I could tell by the fins whether this one's, because they, they took an hour. The thing is, you have like 45 minutes or an hour of air. And it takes like an hour for them to get close because they're so shy. So it's really that last 10 minutes when your air is this low that the shark is really comfortable around you. You can't, if you blow bubbles, the shark runs away because they're like, what is this? Can I ask you a question? That's interesting. Like, what's the biological basis of them being shy? Because they don't have any predators, do they? No, they're apex predators. But they, their energy, it takes a lot for them to go after a fish. They're biologically, they're oldest creatures on the planet. They're older than trees. 400 million years old, they've been, been around. They're evolved to be such sharp hunters. That their job in the ocean is to, to eat sick and dying fish. So when we're splashing around, sick and dying fish, I saw- What if my pussy smells like sick and dying fish? Well, they're gonna. They might go after that. <laughs> they might, but they might just be like, "This is too much. <laughs> let this one go. Let this whatever this Hard is. Hard pass. Let it go extinct." <laughs> no, they they um, but they but I saw seals hanging onto the back of their tails, and like li that's why there's little fish remoras eating their teeth and eating the scraps around them. They can't catch the healthy fish. It's also energy conservation That's because it. they're, they're scavengers. Like, they don't want to waste a bunch of energy. And they don't eat every day. Something. They're going to eat once a month, once every couple of weeks. So they're like waiting, and they and they have a social hierarchy. When they're going for a seal, they're like down there deciding who goes next. They like they do what's called mouth gaping, where mm -hmm. they're like jaws move, where they're communicating. I watch great whites. And they're like and like moving their fins. They're all talking to each other. They have a system. You're going to go here. You're going to go that. And they look at you. Are you predator or prey? And we're large and we have, when you're under the water with them, it's like weird. When you're at the surface splashing, like, is that a fish? And they bite and they let go. But now that's why I made my documentary fin because not to be too depressing, but we're killing. Yep. The, the low estimate is 100 million, but I think now it's 250 million a year. But wait, we are doing it or in the world? Everyone in because the world. Because like the shark fin soup, and I think people are afraid because I'm very, oh, be, I'm very, I'm okay with saying I, uh, uh, you can criticize the Chinese government without criticizing the people of China. Like everyone's so scared of being racist, they won't even, you know, right. say something. But the shark fin soup. So uh, in Asia, but is this? Why are we killing them? We're all killing them. I mean, in, even in China, it's the older generation that's eating it because it's expensive. And I tried it. It's basically fishing line. There's no flavor to it. It's literally finger. It's like it's a cartilage. gummy. It's like a portobello mushroom. It's not right? even it's like that. Nothing. No, it's it's string. It is fishing wire that they have to then soak for 24 hours. In Finn, I go through the process of the entire, and they have a, a gelatin thing that's identical. Imagine a flavorless string. You're wiping out the apex predator for this this industry of death. And then they said, well, we can't, we can't, you know cut the fins off and throw them back. But what that did was it multiplied the industry. It made it worse because now 
the shark liver oil, which squalene, there is a plant replacement. Yep. Squalene and, is good for your face, but the plant replacement. But the plant replacement, yeah. they have a, you can make it out of olives. There's like, you know, there's so there's a plant squalene, but they're killing the sharks because people are making money off of it. And there are these rodeos. Look up the Alabama deep sea fishing rodeo. They're killing them. And now there's NOAA, which I get very, the National Oceanic Atmospheric you know, Administration. They are like part of the Department of Commerce. They look at our oceans in the air. They've now are basically giving out permits to these fishermen in Florida to go after endangered sharks. There's this guy, Robert Osborne. He calls himself the tax man. He's got photos like legal eagle motherfuckers with all these dead rare sharks. There are two fishermen. If you go on Shark Allies, they're doing a whole thing about this. There were these two fishermen that saw all these endangered sharks on hooks with divers. They were divers. I'm sorry, they were dive on dive tour. And they're like, look, at the, and they freed them. And now NOAA, our government, is using our tax money to send these two fishermen to prison for five years for destruction of federal property. They're, they're actually like the fishermen have infiltrated the government to try and keep killing sharks. I mean, there are these, and these contests are all over. There's, because there's this uh, sort of misunderstanding that they're really violent towards humans, I think people go like, oh, fuck them. Do you more, know what I mean? More people, six, like... Maybe ten people a year die from shark bites. It, you and have a higher chance. Of, to, you have a higher chance of dying uh, from a TV falling on your head. You have a higher chance of dying from a vending machine, right? And from a three-year-old shooting you. Armed toddlers kill more people. Bees, birds, like anything. I mean, hundred like cigarettes are killing what one hundred eighty thousand people a year. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Sharks are killing ten, and we're wiping them out. And then everyone's like, "Well, good." I don't want to get bitten. Well, there's a problem. What the sharks do is they keep the ocean in balance, and then you'll see. The mo- it's like you get this horrible like sea moss that it's basically this makes the me algae blow blooms. My brains basically out. the algae blooms happen and they cover the kelp. There's kelp in the ground and and the there's the grouper that eat the parrotfish that are, like the sharks keep the grouper out of the way. So the parrotfish basically without the sharks around, the grouper eat all the parrotfish. We eat all the algae. So the algae spreads. So you get this toxic algae that we can't clean up and it blocks. The kelp, which is prov- providing half of our oxygen. oxygen. Like they've just found that tiger sharks in the Bahamas, which is a shark sanctuary, there's a recent discovery. This uh, scientist, Austin, he's going to kill me for blanking his last name. He's, he's uh, in tiger sharks in the Bahamas. Um, what they do is they keep the sea turtle population in Gallagher? Check. Austin Gallagher. Thank you. Austin Gallagher is just presented this paper and it's like a $3 trillion discovery. Basically, the seagrass that grows in the Bahamas is eight times more powerful at trapping carbon than the rainforest. And the only reason we know that is because the sharks are there to keep the sea turtles in check. But without the tiger sharks, the sea turtles eat up the grass. So we would never know that. Everyone's like, what are we going to do with our carbon? What are we going to do? I don't know. <clears throat> Leave the sharks alone and maybe the planet can heal itself. So it's, it's also like that there's an amazing video of like uh, uh, returning the wolves to Yellowstone. Oh, it's that. It's, it's the same exact thing. exactly that. It's so what exactly happens that. is like if the wolves aren't, in, if there's no predators there, uh, basically the moose and the deer will overgraze in certain areas because the wolves move them to yep. different places. And it also brings the rivers back. It changes the, the topography. way. Exactly. And then uh, when there's no grass, there's no rabbits, there's no foxes, there's no, you know, it just like destroys no, the everything. Wolves changed yellow. And that's exactly what it is. So, and we're wiping them out because the politicians are in on it. There's such greed. Any t- they sell shark mislabeled in supermarkets. Anytime you see a shark out of the water, someone's making money. And everyone t- every time you see a scientist that says, well, sharks, sharks are doing just fine. They're being paid off. There's so much money from the fishing industry that pays for labs that the scientists are like, no, the populations are doing fine. We can kill a few sharks. And these people are like, that's my right to kill sharks. But the mercury, there's this girl, Shark Girl Madison, Reggie Domingo. 
at Project Knockaway, they do tests. They test mercury in the shark meat. 32 or 33 times higher than the allowable So if amount. you're even eating shark meat, it's terrible you're, for you. There's you're no- You're poisoning your baby. Your kid, like, you shouldn't eat it if you're pregnant. You shouldn't eat it to feed it to your kids. Brain damage. The neurotoxins, impotence, brain damage that are in shark, that are in just the cartilage. The cartilage, they scrub it with bleach. It's the most disgusting thing. It's completely inedible food. There's a plant replacement for the liver oil. The whole thing is this industry of death. And the fishing industry is fucking terrified that people are starting to catch on. And do you think there's like a like a, the same way people want to do like trophy hunting and stuff like that? A thousand percent. Oh, I no, never I use the word toxic masculinity. I think it's silly, but like no, the these, idea of this, like I fucking killed a shark. Well, I killed it's not a even lion. men. It's a lot. It's men and women. Like in Florida, of there was this contest that I like, was kicking up shit on Instagram about. And this amazing woman went in and undercover filmed it, pretending to be like a fisherman. And it was like, you know, they were fucking drinking beer, cutting up the, these rare, beautiful sharks with power saws, children stabbing them with knives with the parents drinking in the background. And the fucking footage went around. And then these people, like, they were angry and they were going to kill. I got death threats from it. People were like, yeah, I, you come to West Palm, I'm going to fucking kill you. Also, like, all my animal rescue stuff, like, it's like I I, I, when I had but, to get the giraffe out of Malibu during the fires. Yeah. Like, I posted it because it's the only way I had leverage. But, like, most, you're dealing with criminals. So, for, like, the exotic animal trade, well, anyone well, that is is thing. trafficking lions, tigers, bears, there's tigers in the back. The, it's sex trafficking, too. They're arms dealers. They're psychopaths. So, this motherfucker, Doc Antle, who I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, oh, I, yeah, I would proudly get murdered by you if it meant that you would go to jail. I don't give a shit. But he, um, yeah, he's like yeah, killed a person. He has tried, these are psychopaths. He has well, also, he has on his property, the Osho cult. He's still yeah. doing the Osho cult. Osho shit. I mean, yeah. here's the problem. You have that. Everything with sharks is legal. Oh, that and makes then you want to die. Then you can't kill these protected species. So they go to NOAA, government funding, and get special permits from their buddies to kill endangered sharks. And that's how they do it. Meanwhile, they're like, well, the sharks are just eating our fish. And then we go, well, wait a minute. During the pandemic, and it, during the pandemic, an additional one million boats went on the water in Florida. Also, if there's no a oxygen in the water, boats. you're going to have no fish. But it's also like there, you put a million more boats in the water with people fishing. What do you think is going to happen? Of course, it's going to attract more sharks. So mm -hmm. like, it's not, there's no, like the sharks are getting wiped out. We've lost at least 2 billion in the last 20 years. They, this, they take 18, you know, some of them take 11 years to reach sexual maturity. They mature like humans. They have like seven or eight pups. They're not like they lay a million eggs and go. Like the, the populations won't be able to recover unless we start this culture of like, I'm starting, I'm working with shark allies and, and Green for Emma to start a shark-free label that we can go to products to like prove you're not using shark. I mean, mm -hmm. there are vaccines of companies that are like, we're totally green. There's a whole greenwashing thing of people that fake it yeah, yeah. that are actually using shark. People are like, oh, I don't eat shark. I don't eat this. But then you realize it's in your shampoo. It's in your, your moisturizer. Car the cartilage, the oil. The cartilage, the oil. And by the way, GNC sells shark cartilage pills. We tested them in the lab and they actually inflame you. They're horrible for you. It was Shark all skin coats, shark there's clothes. It's all terrible. It's horrible for you. And then people were like, well, this thing's not illegal. It's like, well, it doesn't mean it's not illegal. Like you're waiting for a scientist to tell you it's illegal to do it. Like, don't you want a future for your kids? Don't you want the ocean to be not overgrown with algae? Don't, like there's like, we're talking about oceans that are already turning Just, to yeah. acid. Because they don't, they're not in balance. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're overfishing is a general problem anyways, but fish feed two thirds of the world. So you cancel people not to eat, but it's like Indonesia, 
is a huge problem killing sharks. Spain, they're killing sharks. It's also, I mean, I was told they're like I was all over the when world. I froze my eggs uh, when I was 33. Um, I was told by um, the fertility expert, she was like, do not eat fish. The um, from Fukushima, like all of the power oh, plants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, has it's come over here. Like, just don't do it. Yeah. Um, I was in the Maldives. It's also, you know, it's just kind of also this. And I don't know if this is, I think people really want to blame social media for everything. I get it and I understand um, exactly what it's doing to our neurochemistry and neural pathways. But however, I also think that like, you know, I kind of have this theory, maybe it's just being a you know comedian wanting to defend something that is just like not the popular take, which is I think everything is are always existed. It just looked different, you know? Yeah. So it's like, there's this, uh, there's been a huge setback with uh, Instagram, however, with uh, taking photos with tigers and taking photos with, your, oh, yeah, of you know course. what I mean? So Do it's stupid like, shit on Instagram, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, when I was in the Maldives, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to go see whale sharks and you get to swim with them, right? And we go out far, far, far. And there was literally 200 boats wait, waiting for this whale shark. And like, as soon as, you know, one person knows and everyone like starts going over there. And I literally just like started sobbing. And I do always uh, sob when I see the horse carriages in New York. Yeah, like, that's awful. why I can't live in yeah. New York when horses are abused, when horses are, um, I just, I get incredibly sad. And uh, it's like some unfinished business or guilt or ancestral shit with but that. But it's a different time. I mean, horses, animals were for work back then. There was no machinery to do it. Yeah, we have so cars the concept, now. So the concept of an animal working was what that was the norm back then. Yeah. So, if, oh, I can do this is more efficient. This is what animals are. I mean, we were hunting gorillas like but, they were but monsters. But also uh, horses. Until the I have thirties and forties. You know, I have a very like um, uh, hot take of like. Horses fought in wars for us. We could not have yeah. won any wars without horses. They took us to the, the doctor. They're the only reason we have a country in the first place. Like they built, I mean, slaves and horses built this country, you know, and black people get it. You know, remember when uh, Snoop Dogg uh, was uh, commenting on the Olympics and some guy won uh, uh, gold for dressage? And he's like, oh, I think the horse did the work. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. there's just this all animals are for our benefit. Yeah. When what really pisses me off is we're kind of superficially at the top of the food chain. Like if it wasn't for guns, opposable thumbs and like cages and stuff, like we would not be, you know, have the ascendancy that we have, you yeah. know, so, but there's just no, um, that's why, I mean, zoos, like, you know, I was talking to the psychiatrist about it because, um, you know, I'm anti-zoo for a lot of reasons. I know a lot of zoos want to say that they're helping save the species, stuff like that. It's bullshit. It's not true. Um, and, uh, uh, when kids go to zoos at a young age, they learn, oh, these big, powerful, beautiful things are for my, uh, basically, uh, benefit. Like they, you know, and then they grow up to essentially treat employees like that, women like that. It's just like everything is here for me to exploit, essentially. And mm -hmm. they say that it starts with zoos. That's really interesting. I mean, the problem is, you know, where else are they going to live? Now, their natural wildlife is just being decimated by us. You still have people in Asia that are paying for these animals. I mean... Dior is still making like rare crocodile bags. Disgusting. Like, they're people that will. And pay by off. the way, they still have thousands people. and thousands of bears in boxes just to get their gallbladder. There were because they think their gallbladder oh, yeah, is how like the Tatawaba trade. There were like what fourteen of them, much like Steve Shadows. They were like the Tatawa is more valuable than cocaine. People have been like five hundred thousand dollars to have like a, a fish bladder. By the way, ivory is still on the list of things to get your uh, spouse on an anniversary. You know, it's like first is gold, diamond, yeah. and then like year eighteen slowly, is ivory. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I mean, we're just driving everything to extinction and it'll be gone for our, our kids' generations. It's it's really horrible. When did you first feel in your heart, this is a mission I'm going to fight for? Well, I was really weirdly Jaws obsessed. Um, we should probably pull up the poster for Finn. 
Yes, please. Look, yes, look yes, up yes. Finn Discovery Plus with me or the trailer. You can play it. I was weirdly Jaws obsessed. And um, that's not weird. I mean, everyone was. We all were. Yeah. And and because I grew up in Massachusetts and swimming and sharks are monsters. And then um, I actually ran into someone who was running Discovery at the time, Discovery Channel. And he's like, do you want to host Shark After Dark? Because I'd done this thing where we recreated the Milgram experiments for the show called Curiosity, where right, we were right. like the shocking people. So Discovery knew me and they were like, oh, Eli is like a good personality. He's smart. He's fun. And sort of my horror background went well with it. And then Eli and horror and sharks. And I was like, of course. And then they said, they're like, we'll send you on a dive. So I knew Lori Goldberg was the head of publicity. Said, do you want to do a dive in the Bahamas? We'll take you. We'll do the whole thing. So I went and I was like, this is the greatest experience of my life. And so I, then I started interviewing people. And they were like, yeah, it's too bad we're losing 100 million a year. And this is like 2016. I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, yeah, no, or 2015. Like, we're losing 100 million sharks a year. I'm like, how's that even possible? And so then year after year, I'm like, why, why is it in the front page news all the time? All the why time? is it in well, these conversations? Because w- there's a reason the fishing industry wants you to be afraid of sharks. And we're, the we've same been socially way- engineered to hate them. And the same way that, yeah, the horse carriages have been glamorized with like English and, and movies romance. and romance. And, and yeah, it's and like New Sleeping City, Beauty and the horse romance. carriage yeah. and all that kind That's of stuff. Tiger shark. Let's pull up the uh, poster for Finn, please. Yeah, there's one. Yeah, Michael Mahler. Just look up the Finn poster. Michael Mahler did it? Yeah. No, Michael uh, yeah, Michael yeah. Mahler does incredible work with sharks. Also, uh, and I, horses. He was I just would... shooting horses, you know, with the Taliban. No, Mahler came on as an EP. I went diving in with Great Whites with Mahler. He's incredible. I mean, his, his by the way, Michael Mueller's VR series, Into the Now, just dropped on MetaQuest, the headsets, and I'm in it. We're, we're cool. diving. You can see me and Mike, Michael Mueller diving with uh, sharks. Can you watch it if it's not on a headset somewhere? Yeah. He said there's, it's on his Instagram. He just put it out. Oh, great. Because I just did a VR project um, that is out now. When is this podcast going to drop? Um, Like a two weeks. Okay. Because, yeah, it came out now. It's the 21st. Fantastic. Is when it came out. It's, uh, it's called Trick or Treat with Vanessa Hudgens. I did like a VR haunted house. With her, Sick. and it's in like you go in Horizon Worlds where you're like in a theater with other people, and mm-hmm. it's also a standalone. So it's me with a tiger shark. Yeah, that's fancy. See, we, the shark cutting off. That's that makes me want to. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for three ninety nine. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. I kill myself. But we got to address it. Bat, bat, break. Before you book any brunch, you pour over lists and lists of reviews. So why not do the same when you're booking a doctor at a doctor's appointment? Makes no sense. With ZocDoc, you can see real, verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor. We've all been to the wrong doctor. The right one in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more, important than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict. Get your priorities straight, kiddos. Um, ZocDoc is a miracle because, God, I mean, the fact that we used to call a doctor's office— when we already have the UTI or the gout or the, you know, the corn or hammer toe, <laughs> I'm not listing the personal things I need to go to a doctor for, I swear. Like we would have to call and you don't, it's impossible to make a doctor's appointment without ZocDoc. You call and they're always at lunch. They're on a two and a half hour break. They open at 930. They close at 1130 for a break. And then they close at 330 after that. Like it's, you, it, the stress that, is like 
caused by booking a doctor is probably what's creating the disease I need the doctor to fix. Not ZocDoc. Solves all your problems and takes the stress off. ZocDoc is a free app. It shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, not (laughs) self-reviewed. They take your insurance and are available when you need them. Who needs a doctor after they've already had the thing? Okay? I don't need you to tell me my appendix burst. Why didn't you see me two weeks ago? Like I needed you to. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out. I think some of you really need to. I went to Starbucks and there were a couple people in tank tops and I am telling you, get to ZocDoc. ASAP. Those do, they look very irregular. Uh, you can go to ZocDoc for anything. It has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride at a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with only a few taps instead of taps on the knee with a stupid triangular mini hammer that does absolutely nothing. Find and review doctors. Read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com to find... I feel like this should be a dating app. Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. If you're meeting this many doctors in your area, I don't know. ZocDoc.com. Find the right doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I... I am one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find or book a quality doctor ASAP. Go to ZocDoc.com. I use ZocDoc when I had the um, baby raccoon run over my foot and I had to get a a rabies vaccine. They were available within an hour. I mean, they were surprised. (laughs) They were very surprised. They're like, we have not had to give a rabies shot in our entire practice. and then I had to try to get what are they the 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 what are the things that are the antibody Montecorvo antibodies for that like they were just so nice about it they were so available you can't like wait three weeks to get in for a rabies scare like you got you have like two hours so um, I was very grateful that this existed go to zocdoc.com/whitney and download the zocdoc app for free then start your search for a top rated doctor today many are available within 24 hours that's zoc z-o-c doc d-o-c dot com slash whitney zocdoc.com slash whitney so i went in the water with sharks and i was like oh my god they're like dogs they person and what happened was they're like yeah this one that had this joker smile they're like oh that's so-and-so that's lucy the shark and if you look up divers shark asked divers for help this shark they're like that's lucy i'm like what do you mean lucy like lucy came to us with a hook in her mouth about three months ago and the two girls that I was with that were diving, they went and they saw this shark was coming up to them with a hook and following them. So the next dive, one girl had a knife and the shark came up, let her go up, cut the hook, and the shark was so happily swimming around, followed the group and she was with us and we fed her and there, I was hand feeding her. And they're like, yeah, she doesn't want to leave. I was like, so the shark knew that you guys had hands and could take a hook out of its mouth. And they're like, yeah. And then, so I went in the water with just like, first I did with suit where I was like, you know, just, hey. And I was like, chum me. So that the sharks were all around me. I'm like, join me. And And then I went underwater with scuba with them and I hand fed them. And I was like, this is my happy place. I was so Zen with them. And then in Tahiti, I dove and just started diving around the world with sharks. But you can see there's less and less and less and less. You know, you go to Tiger Beach and they were like, yeah, 10 years ago, this place was filled. Now there's because they travel around the world and they're just getting killed. Then they're getting, and then you look up Alabama deep sea fishing rodeo on Facebook and you look at these photos and you have the sponsors are iHeartRadio, Coca-Cola. These motherfuckers are killing endangered. They're like killing great hammerheads. 
And I put this shit on my Instagram. There's like kids, like five <gasps> kids on top of. Wait, who are the other sponsors? I'm gonna. Oh, iHeartRadio, Coca-Cola. I mean, it's just amazing. Look up, look up. And then they put up a whole thing because of me. They were like, our scientists have assured us that this is totally sustainable and we're not doing anything bad for the ecosystem with just a, it's these motherfuckers. It's like this guy's paid off, but I see exactly how this Radio works. Chevrolet. Yep. And by the way, and by the way, I have um, uh, umbrella insurance, so no one can sue me. Some guy came, brought, who's a bear hunter, said, "Why don't we bring back sharks this year?" And they brought back killing and great hammerheads. Like, well, they're not endangered. It's like, well, they're threatened. It doesn't matter if the whole shark, if the whole ocean was filled with every shark, why are you killing them? Their function is to keep the ocean clean. They are the doctors of the ocean. That is their job. And the, the, I mean, it's just like insanity that we're killing them for nothing. So I, I made a movie. A, I spent five years making this movie. Can I ask you a question about uh, Blackfish uh, changed that? Yes. Like SeaWorld, they are all slowly, like there's ones yes. that are grandfathered in. It's very yes. tricky to bring one of them back into the wild. Who cares? Um, but uh, that actually came from a kid in school who said, uh, they were like, oh, we're gonna go to SeaWorld. And she's like, I won't go there. Like she was, kids know before they go, the kids, kids know. they know this kids is wrong. Kids know when something's wrong. There's they an really incredible, yeah. And I'm doing um, the Lisa Frank animated show and it's about this exact thing. Yeah, a kid that witnesses know. and tries to free, you know. The kids are like, why are we killing them? Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with sharks? Like this is wrong, this feels wrong. Like, and, uh, but uh, the Cove, which is about the, you yeah, know, Dolphins, Ben know. Stiller, of course, was involved. Like, I'm not totally sure. Like, I can't tell you the exact impacts of it, but like these oh, documentaries the way, are what change things. But do you know what? It's money. It's 100% money. And that people won't spend their money at SeaWorld anymore. That's why they That's change. right. Because it's not cool and to post it. You can't post it on Instagram. People go, why are you there? That's why, disgusting. What's wrong with you? And guess what? How about the Mitsubishi Corporation is killing all of the tuna in the world to own it? And everyone's like, wait, what? Yeah, your television, your Mitsubishi car, they're cornering the market on bluefin tuna and freezing it so that no one can have it. And they have it and you have to buy it from them and it'll be incredibly expensive. Japan is fucking killing, they are blocking protecting the bluefin tuna because Mitsubishi is paying them. This is so fucking corrupt and Noah should be fucking defunded these motherfuckers and look on shark allies and they're doing it's a whole petition to help we tried to do a gofundme to help these divers who needed to raise a hundred thousand dollars they're fucking divers to to defend themselves for three years this is now in federal court because noah is fucking trying to send them to prison for five years because they cut the lines and set them free so they said you this is destruction of property but what this really is is the fucking fishermen in florida have infiltrated noah they're friends. They're now there. They're now getting on these committees so that they want to kill the shark industry, the dive industry, so they can fucking kill them. Because the dive industry, one shark in its lifetime will make $250,000 in tourism. Dead, 30 bucks. The fishermen don't give a fuck. They don't want that. They see the divers there and they're like, we're trying to fish. And then they're chumming the waters and the sharks eat our fish. So let's fucking kill the sharks. So this whole charade of going after two divers that freed endangered fucking sharks that were permitted by some corrupt motherfucker at NOAA for this data, we should fucking defund these assholes. And so many people feel this way. And I'm gonna go fucking off on NOAA because I have no, because I'm not paid by the fishing industry. I'm part of the movie industry. So fuck you if you're trying to go after fucking divers for freeing endangered sharks, you motherfuckers. All these fucking people, I'm gonna rally everyone to cut your fucking funding off. 
because I'm so angry that you're trying to send people to prison for freeing sharks so your fishing buddies, your fucking buddies that just want to wipe them out can go fucking kill them. Can I ask you, is to show Noah on Facebook masquerade as being like a sanctuary or like a good... Oh, yeah. Okay, and so they list is, Mako Shark as a good source of protein on their site. This is disgusting. Okay, so this is my main deal with animal rescue stuff is that most sanctuaries are actually worse than Zeus. Yeah. Uh, most sanctuaries are complete fucking scams. So I know people see me on my Instagram like, oh, I go after corrupt sanctuaries because those actually do the most abuse. And they're like a black, black, by the way, black tiger, the- white jaguar, that whole feed, the real Tarzan, all those fucking Instagram feeds where people, if anyone is touching an apex predator on land, uh, a lion, tiger, or bear, there's abuse involved. So why am I holding a tiger? What have we all learned about female tigers and mama bears? They're pretty protective of their babies, right? So if you're holding a tiger baby or a bear cub, that mom is dead. I will tell you this. You know, in Mexico, it's legal to buy a jaguar. It's legal to buy a lion. And it's legal to buy a tiger. Disgusting. We have, there's more tigers in captivity in Texas than in the rest of the world. It's it's Mm $1,500. Because I've talked about this with Eduardo. They're now killing all these coyotes. The the whole Baja is all being covered in trash now. I mean, coyotes are so fucking cunning. I mean, the thing is about coyotes is like, you really can't kill them because what happens is like, uh, when they're um, howling, they're actually taking roll call to see how many are there. So if they hear less howls, the uh, mom will actually produce uh, more pups. You know, so that's kind of like, you know. Well, anyways, but all this stuff, it's like, and by the way, there are good people. The problem is there are good people at NOAA and there's people that want to do good. And I'm not like... There's not a lot of that, but like you also have a lot of people within an organization, government money that are going to be corrupt. So I don't start saying, okay, defund the organization, take away the money. Why I want people should be demanding, why are you giving out research permits to kill endangered sharks? What is the data you're learning? Stop it. I really am uh, really careful about the ones I align with because a lot of these people are psychopaths. You know, I was dealing with Wildlife Way Station in L.A. There's a huge problem in L.A. because animals are no longer being uh, used in movies, exotic wild animals, yeah, elephants, etc. Great news. But that means all these asshole animal trainers that have 10 elephants can't make money. So they're dragging them around to birthday parties. They're selling their sperm to the zoo. And it's actually worse for them. Worse for them so yeah. that movie Water for Elephants, like the actors, you probably didn't know, but they were just getting electrocuted constantly. Constantly. Like if an, if a if a uh, anything circus related if an elephant is doing any uh, a lion tiger bear elephant Dan Bilzerian fuck you um, he's also someone he's got bears at his party because all these people that are trainers yeah. have these really expensive exotic animals uh, Bob Dunn fuck you also Bob Dunn procured all the animals for Michael Jackson's uh, Neverland yeah. Ranch or whatever there's still an elephant missing that I can't find um, uh, Chubs the and Bubbles that was like four different chimps because you can't have a pet chimp. They'll rip your face off. Yeah. So they would keep those um, chimps in cages so they wouldn't develop any muscles and they were just on drugs the whole time. And then when they got too strong, they would sell them to universities for experiments and um, uh, uh, roadside zoos in Texas. I have pictures of one of the chubs. I don't have my phone on me. No, uh, I know. I know. I've, I've researched this too. I've, it's absolutely I've, disgusting. Like the, yeah. No, and, it's horrible. Yeah. You can, if, if you see an, an animal in a movie, like or a movie, a music a video, a chimpanzee, it is 100% a baby mm-hmm. because after five they kept the strength of five an adolescent champ is uncontrolled as the, the strength of five grown and men. a chimpanzee uh has closer dna to humans than the african elephant has to the indian elephant it's crazy wild we are going to look back and i mean it is it is um disgusting the way we look back at kids in factories in the 20s 
You yeah. know, it's like what we have done is like, and it absolutely is. I think that, and I know this is going to sound a little fucking, you know, LA, but I think there, there is so much pain in the world and everyone's at such anxiety. Like the fact that we are um, subjugating these animals and looking at it all the time is adding to this like sadness that it's very incalculable, but it's like, there's just this, like, f- I think everyone kind of feels it. You know what I mean? This yeah. kind of pain that, that we're causing in the world because it's like, we're not separate from them, you know? And it's just like a... Um, I think it's something that people don't realize and they go like, oh, my God, uh, I have such a horrible job and I just want to go to Thailand on a vacation and ride an elephant. And you're like, you don't realize how big of a toll that's going to take on your own soul and your like contract with the universe. You know, we say at the end of every show, don't ride elephants the same way that member um, Bob Barker always said, spay and neuter your, yes, your pets. So it's like sometimes it just takes someone having like a just re- repeat thing, repeat thing, which brings me to Shark Week. I want to ask you, is Shark Week good for sharks, bad for sharks, neutral? should be highlighting more of the problem? Well, they've changed. I mean, my mission was to help them change. You know, I went on it and I think a lot of the activists that I worked with, they're like, we don't do Shark Week because they sell the fear. And I said, well, why don't we help change that? And I made the film and they just said it was the pandemic. So instead of going for a theatrical release, they said Shark Week was short of programming. And I was like, they're like, let's put it on. Let's air this to help like evolve the show. And, and they did. It so, aired during Shark Week. So everyone was like, there were a lot of people that were in the documentary that would never work with Shark Week. And I was like, if they want to evolve and they want to start highlighting the problem, there's 30 million people that watch. These are the people that care about sharks. So let's do it. So Discovery Plus, so I've had a great experience with them. I found that they, you know, I mean, I get it. Like I see, I understand selling the fear. I understand the mystique, but I do think that it builds a community and they, they've supported the documentary like crazy. I was like, you know, that's why people go, well, Jaws is terrible for sharks. And this, I was like, no, money is terrible for sharks. Greed is terrible for sharks. Most like, apex predators are more afraid of you than you are of them. Oh, yeah. If you get eaten by a lion, tiger, or bear, but you did something wrong. You did something wrong. to provoke, you them. Did something to provoke sure. them. They're not interested in you. Um, but also, uh, that's, uh, that is so fascinating to me. And what I do want to say is like, if you are going to go to a sanctuary, do not go to any sanctuaries that are not GFAS accredited, Go- Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries. Well, what do you do about that? Because like in Thailand, you know. That's the, a nightmare. The Four Seasons tented elephant camp they're like these elephants are rescued from the street and they buy them a not hoot. true none of it's true anything it's all a lie none of it's true look down at their feet do they have chains it, holding their feet together use your fucking head like we are so desperate to like get the likes and to like touch this exotic thing i mean it's like you know when i was uh, uh my last special before i was kind of trying to equate like this you know me too with um trying to figure out like i get why guys want to um you know uh, touch a woman or grab a woman's ass like when i'm in the airport and i see see a service dog that says service dog do not pet i'm like mm-hmm. if i'm like oh god i'm gonna pet that fucking dog like i know you know and so uh the same thing is we, we've been learned same thing with horses people like they're like i got bit by a horse i was like did you walk up to it and just do this to its face yeah and it's the- like my pup my french bulldog well, hates kids because the kids go right for a face that's the hands. thing and then i you know i rescue people and i say don't they're like is she friendly i'm like nope can i pet her nope and she'll I'm yeah. like, yeah, well, I told you not to. When you go and see these, like, and I've seen it, unfortunately, but these, like, leopards in boxes and, and shit like that, and then they're next to the sex trafficking, it's gun trafficking. These people are psychopaths, and um, most of these sanctuaries are fronts for psychopaths that are making a ridiculous amount of money, and what they do is they, um, like, I was in that place in Texas, that shithole, when I went out to do Rogan, and I just went ape shit, and I was, like, filming the whole thing because... Uh, 
there were all these uh, babies and uh, uh, of uh, lion, uh, tiger, uh, and bear babies, and they would just sell them to zoos. They put them in the sanctuary to get the money for you to come to take a selfie with them, and then they just sell it to a zoo, sell them for experiments, or sell them to some asshole, you know, in Texas to have their own roadside zoo. So it's like, just because it says sanctuary, like, use your head. It's the same thing as like, um, we couldn't get Happy the Elephant out of the L.A. Zoo because the judge said, well, my kid loves going to see Happy the Elephant, you yeah, know, like hard. we love, you know, so it's it's a tricky thing. The people that make these laws are humans are like, and, you know, I get a lot of this. I get a lot of, well, what about people? What about, you know, homelessness? And it's like it start. Everything is programmed. I, I get that all the time. Like, why would you care so much about because sharks? the people yeah. that do this saw it when they were kids. Yeah. You know, hurt people, hurt people. If you see animal abuse but, as a kid. Well, the other thing is this. With sharks in particular, they don't have faces. They don't have, you don't, we don't read their emotions. Like an elephant, you can tell when it's sad. Mm -hmm. A lion and a horse, you but can we still see don't their emotions. But, the, but we still don't care. So imagine when you see this thing that's like reptilian, that like, whoa, it's like a snake. You can't tell what it's thinking. And unless you've been in the water with them, and you think, and like, they're beautiful, which is maybe VR, people try to see what that's like. But- People are just like, there's always something more important. There's mm -hmm. always like war. Or it's or like too big to take on. Like It's this too is... big to be. And, and so that's why we say like, that's exactly what the fishing industry is banking on. Banking on. They love that guilt. Yes. They want you to feel small. They want you to feel like your voice doesn't matter because yes. they're fucking terrified. And this 15-year-old kid, Cade Save Sharks, kicking up more trouble, making people freak out this is panic. what the comment section is for you guys not well, canceling comedians yeah like this is it go you after use your voice to go after the corruption when you see in a, a musician with a tiger in a music video i yeah, mean I someone fucking, makes a joke Look. i had to deal with migos dude that was uncomfortable you know also white tigers are all inbred most of them are cross-eyed they um are missing chromosomes insert joke here but there were only two white tigers the complete aberration so it's only been breeding dads with daughters and uh, they're completely inbred. Most of them can't see, most of them can't hear. It's a real nightmare. And then I posted this on my Instagram from Lions, Tigers and Bears, which is GFS, uh, GFAS accredited. It's in Alpine um, uh, near San Diego. It's incredible. Bobby Brink runs it. She's an absolute genius. She is who, remember the guy that was in, can you look this up? It was at Ohio. He had 50 tigers and then someone killed him and they all got loose yeah and then all the that. police yeah, yeah, just yeah. had to shoot him yeah, dead shoot so she is who got the law passed there that wow. no uh private exotic uh, ownership she's absolutely a fucking gangster um and uh where am i going with that and why oh so what happens when uh bear uh, uh bear cubs are held and not with their mother they're immune they don't get the breast milk they're immune they, i mean they feed them cat food it's disgusting um and uh basically their spinal cord doesn't develop uh, properly, so they walk like really. Oh, so if you go on my Instagram, it's since died, but I think it was Cherry Bomb the bear. I posted this, like this is what happens when bears are held, uh, yeah. you know, in in whatever influencer yeah. farms in Slash Thailand. Once you see thing. it, once you see it, you can't unsee it. It was like yeah. in Vietnam. Once uh, yeah, uh, the, that the girl was the girl, running yeah. from that, like images can change people's minds. No one wants I to know. hear it. Well, the, you're, we, we keep saying, what is the turtle choking on the straw moment for sharks you know like what is that thing like when we saw the turtle choking the straw everyone was like whoa plastic you know can you pull up lions tigers and bears.org yeah there's a video so if but you by ever the way i want to talk about this because there's an elephant where in the room i just made a show called my possessed pet kid oh let's pull that up. It up we had it on earlier because people are watching and they're going to be wondering why i'm not saying anything because First of all, I will say this. I found out people's pets were possessed 
because I thought, is their pet a possession? Yes. So these um, are people that love their pet. It's on, there's, we did four episodes. I it's on Discovery wait. Plus. But there was a girl whose horse was possessed and they brought in an exorcist. There was a people whose tarantula was possessed. And they were like, Vincent was completely different. The personality changed. But the way it manifested itself, it wasn't an animal tied up to the bed vomiting. The people started hallucinating, like a demon would possess the horse they would notice the horse was acting weird, and then they're in their house with like a demon chasing them. So it's like the exorcist, but instead of a little girl, it's a horse, a dog, two dogs, and a tarantula. But like one guy with his dog, the dog became the master, and Wait, the guy uh, didn't leave his house and started, he became the servant to the dog. I was so careful to make sure that like everyone had an amazing experience. I got the people, I have them with their original pets, I have the footage, and we made the scares about possession. But even so, we we detailed every single minute of the tarantula's on set. Tarantula takes a break. Tarantula was loved by this. Like, you have to, like, detail minute by minute by minute. Even so, I'm not going to continue the show. Because I love it. And no one was abused and no one was hurt. But in doing the show, I realized that I'm being hypocritical. I can't be like an animal and activist, even if it's a tarantula or a dog that someone loved and was so well taken care of. It's It's uncomfortable. Like... And the possession isn't the cat, you know, it's not like a dog going nuts. It's the demon that's attacking the people in the house. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to continue it because there's something part of me that's like, I don't feel 100% about it. I love it. And Discovery was amazing. And everyone had a great experience. We we literally, any moment the animal is on set, we film it so that there's no, but still, it's it's just like, what am I doing? Can I ask you a question? We get other ideas. So I, I just want everyone to know watching this that- yeah, I don't think like it's, I, I think it's an interesting story and I was fascinated and I went with it and we had a great time. Everyone loved it. Awesome experience. But what? why even? Because why as even it goes on, it? you have to go more extreme and more extreme. I'm not going to do extreme. it anymore. I did four. It was an idea at work, but I'm not going to continue it because I don't want to do stuff with animals. And I'm going to say something. I don't even, I can't believe I'm even admitting this, but um, when I find this truly happened um, when uh, Tiger King came out. Uh, everyone wanted to make you know shows about ti people, tigers, and da -da -da, the real Tarzan. You know, yeah. he had a TV deal with Will Smith. You yeah. know, the guy abusing animals. Uh, and uh, I will like take a general at that company and go, "Oh my god, I want to do this show about like how abusive uh, yeah. black the black uh, tiger white jaguar guy is. I want to do a show about how abusive the tar uh, Tarzan." you know, the real Tarzan is. And then they'll be like, oh, he, he is? I won't tell you what company, but he's like, oh, he, and I'm like, oh yeah, and either did and this is, and here's his criminal charges and I'm gonna do like, a, I'm not really gonna make that show, but then they stop yeah. making it. Interesting. You know, so it's like, that's kind of, you know, something that I know that I, you have the power to do. And I think for me, it's like, what power do I have? And I think people listening probably feel very powerless and frustrated. And I'm curious, like if you're, you have a dream what someone listening to this would do right now in terms of an action for sharks like what would it be oh i mean first of all going into gnc and saying why or going on their social media on please stop selling shark products going after alabama deep sea fishing rodeo and the spon target every sponsor and go please why pay make sure demand that the fishing rodeo they're they're not your sport catch and release to when you drag a shark 40 miles an hour behind a boat doesn't matter if it's for 10 minutes or an hour, the stress hormone, like like the, the hammerhead will be dead when you put it back of in the course. water. Unless you're a marine biologist and you know how to study sharks and you can humanely take it out for a scientific purpose at a university, at a lab, for something, dragging an animal, pulling an animal up, most of those animals die. 
They're intelligent animals on a hook being traumatized, pulled up, people take photos with them, and they're dumped back in, and they're dead. They I'm drown. So I would say go on Shark Allies and look at our petition. Shark Allies is amazing. We're doing a whole thing, a future with sharks. Go on a futurewithsharks.com. It'll take you to Shark Allies. And start. we're going to start using our voice with the petitions to, to like make NOAA to stop, stop giving out research permits to these monsters to go after the fishing tournaments. Like there's this guy, you know, there's a whole thing in Florida, they're trying to do a statewide shark tournament. They're like, oh, it's catch and release. It's for science. It's all bullshit. Bullshit. It's machismo. And they're just trying to prove that there's a lot more sharks out there so they can then get it legalized. You know, they can then go and kill them. That's shark all they want. Shark fishing uh, tournament. Uh, fishing. Look at yeah. me. Uh, gray white shark swims. Okay. So this is from, I don't know if, I don't know if I trust this website. So let me just be careful. Yeah. Shark fishing tournament starts protests and death threats. Great. Let's fucking go to war. So I just sent you something, Pat. Can you we can um, pull up the urban legend? Let's do that. We're, uh, pull up. Or, can I just show you one yeah, photo? Sure. So this is what I do. This is the, uh, oh, no. Nope. Oh, what's up? My view? No, oh, I what's just sent you a photo yeah. of a monkey, uh chimpanzee. So, I have all this. I have to keep a lot of it private because that's a lot of the time the, the ways that I can get animals out is I make a deal and I go, hey, I won't post about this, but you got to give me this. If you don't, yeah, we're yeah, fucking I going to war. By the way, you have to. So I just texted you a photo, Pat. This is one of Michael Jackson's chimps in Armadillo, Texas at a roadside zoo. Yeah. Now. Now. Right now. In prison. Yeah. This is one of the chubs. Do you know what I mean? So for y'all to think of like monkeys are so cute to have at your parties and to have at your ki LA kids' birthday parties and shit like that, this is what happens. Uh, after you see them, this is what happens. Also, a lot of horse riding, like ride horses on the beach, stuff like that. Go two years in a row and see if the same horse is there the next time. Bob Dunn uh, is the key to all of it. Bob Dunn, uh, uh, Jane Goodall, there's actually a video of her saying to TMZ that Michael Jackson's uh, chimps were abused and it was from Bob Dunn. He's got two drafts and boxes in Silmar. Um, uh, Jax is one that he was trying to get up to Malibu Wines. He's who procured Stanley and dragged Stanley around to do Skittles commercials and all sorts of shit. He had the uh, elephants for water for elephants. Yeah, apparently on Evan Almighty, a lot of those animals just died in transit. Well, remember the uh, horses? Remember that um, Dustin Hoffman show about horse? By the way, horse racing, also the most disgusting thing Luck. on the fucking planet. Yes, and it shut down because so many horses died. Um, but racehorses, I mean, at Santa Ana here, there's 22 that died this year just that we know of, you know? They put yeah. them on, they're on Adderall and drugs and they're on fucking, their knees blow out. It's absolutely disgusting. They have heart attacks. If you look up horses having heart attacks during races. It's I, terrifying. You'll want to die. It's more It's more people than athletes during COVID. And also question, oh, can we change this now back? Yeah, let's, let's go to urban legend and then trick or treat. So we want to talk about fun stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. But I want to say one thing about cats and that loops into horror. Part of the reason I'm terrified of cats was remember Tales from the Dark Side, the episode where the cat was chasing the guy yeah. around and we and went into his mouth. mouth. In the stomach, yeah. <laughs> so and question your programming of like, why am I scared of this thing? Oh, yeah, when I was a kid. When I, watched I was the, a kid, I saw that thing. Do ayahuasca and undo it. Whatever the fuck yeah. you have to do. Smoke some weed and go, oh, I was programmed with that, but it's not true. By the way, we were all programmed with urban legends. So remember the movie? Like, obviously, you grew up with urban legends. The best. They came to me and they said, you know, we're not going to continue this as a movie series, but do you want to continue it as like an anthology TV show. And I was like, I was so excited to like pick my favorite ones. Like, oh, can I do like the guy loses the kidney and wakes up in the bathtub full of ice. And you know, someone like this, you're yeah. walking through the forest and look up and see a scuba diver in a tree who was like in a bucket that got dropped in a fire. Incredible. The girl in the white dress, the person puts on the haunted prom dress. So we did eight of them. It's so fun. They're on Discovery Plus awesome. uh, and Travel Channel. 
And Discovery they Plus let, is killing it. They're doing great. They're doing really. They're like I have a really good thing. I have a, you know Ghost Room in my life. Season two is going to come out. But right now I have uh, you know well my possessed pet will be done on the twenty first. Then on the twenty eighth, Urban Legend starts. Then on the thirty first, all around Halloween. It's so uh, Halloween. Good. I have this thing called Three Ring Inferno. It's with uh, Zach Baggins. We have the show called The Haunted Museum, which is going to come back in January. So we did a, a movie Sick. of he has these all, he has the largest collection collection of haunted objects in the world at his museum. So we just take different. No, those, objects I think and my do uterus might beat that. Is one of them the haunted? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the eggs of the uterus of well, that could be the next oh, the, maybe the, the horror companion show. The de- um, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. This um, is why Eli and I get along. We're both we like, so if we're not rescuing no animals, animals, we're, just we're making abortion jokes. Horrible jokes. There's no in between. Um, and so I have these shows in Discovery Plus. And then in VR, I shot this VR short, which was so much fun. It's a haunted house. It's called Trick or Treat. Amazing. And I mean, you can look up That's your me. Uh, that, I star in it. That's your uterus <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> By the way, that is Vanessa Hudgens playing both parts. She's never done makeup before in her life. I mean, prosthetics. And we, I was oh, like, I, that's her as the fairy and the witch. She's never been evil in anything. And I was like, I, and she's the queen of Halloween. She loves it. She loves Halloween and she's never been evil. And she's so fantastic in this. But it's like going inside a haunted house. The whole experience is like Can I ask you a question? 15, 18 minutes. Has the um, uh, we can't say and do anything because entertainment's not supposed to be entertaining anymore. It's supposed to lecture and be like a TED talk on like... Has that reached horror movies? Oh, for sure it has. But here's what I'll say. I was really excited. I did the Foo Fighters horror movie. Uh-huh. Oh, Studio yeah. 666. Uh-huh. They sawed me in half uh, in a sex scene with a chainsaw while the drummer's like fucking me. Dave gets possessed, you uh-huh. know, and he yeah. saws me in half. That's why my robot doesn't have a body anymore. We use oh, her body. I'll use your body. You sacrifice bear claw for the team. But it was like so, it was like, everyone's like, okay, but you know, you can wear a full bra. I was like, I'm not wearing a, like a nursing bra in like, let's Dude, get a, everyone was so fucking the intimacy coordinator thing. Like I get it. If you show sure. up and you're like, Hey, I'm going to be on this TV show called mm-hmm. Westworld. And they're like, here, you're in an orgy with 900 people. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I get it. You don't know what to do or what to say. And I completely understand. But the sets that I've been on, if you get a bad one, they cr- like someone will be like, are you okay? Did they do this? Did they like, they come, instead of saying, hey, we're here for this problem. You let us know they what literally, you They won't let you send ba- set boundaries with them. They, go, they come up to you after and they like talk, talk. And they and it's like, well, what about that? Was that consensual? Like mm-hmm. they, they actually are there to, they overdo it to justify their job. So yes. there's going to have to be a balance. However, the, I but did. But most of the actors that I know, like the beginner actors completely get it. You want people to feel comfortable. That should be the, the By whole production. By the way, I had a sex scene and the should intimacy coordinator brought me gum and mints. God, it's but the but the whole idea is just like what what are your qualifications to like tell people I've, I'm like what are your qualifications? Well, this job didn't exist two years ago. It didn't ago, exist two so years ago. You come from? You're like the COVID person. Like what? So I understand why, why we need it. Yeah. Why you need it, and you want people to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But you should be doing that anyways. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, here's someone who's a neutral party. Mm-hmm. But my God, they come up and they talk to and you know I've been in scenes where there are girls all over me like groping me or whatever. And then the industry coordinator will will come up to uh, the girls after and be like, was was it okay? They're like, yeah, what are you talking about? I was like, what do I Why? mean? Now and you're making it weird. It wasn't weird. It weird. But there are some amazing ones and, and the so, ones that are stunt coordinators yeah. that now are intimacy coordinators, okay. those are amazing. Can I so- tell you? So Ty West makes X and he has an intimacy coordinator. So he filmed like the, you know, the guys go to make a porno, which is that and you want to do it and blah, blah, blah. The intimacy coordinator was so good he wrote the part for her and cast her as Pearl's mother in Pearl. 
and she'd never acted before. I haven't seen it yet. I'm but, dying but she's to see a it. major role. It's her and Mia Goth. She's the wicked mother. And that was the intimacy coordinator on X. So I've had the people that have had a terrible experience. And then Ty, who was like, not only was she cool, mm -hmm. not only was she awesome and everyone loved her mm -hmm. and it really made everything go easy, I wrote the part for her and cast her in my next movie. That's incredible. Yeah. And I think a lot of people. So if you get that, it's great. It depends who you get. It depends the like situation. Like anything, yeah. So that kind of wokeness has definitely hit horror movies. And you hear it from the studios, you hear it in casting. And I'm just like, I always want to like, do what's best for the movie and mm -hmm. cast the best person and cast this. And sometimes you can feel when the suggestions come from that place. Mm -hmm. And the people often suggesting it don't even believe it. Mm -hmm. It's like they have a script of what they have to say mm -hmm. on a Zoom in front of others so that they don't get fired. And once you sort of get that and you can distill like, is really this actually what you want? Because this doesn't make any sense for the part that we're casting but why are you forcing this idea? And they go, well, yeah, you're right. We tried, okay, that's fine. We don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. But they have to bring up the discussion about it. So my thing is horror should always be shocking and provoking and fun and mm -hmm. not, not like you, not like, not, you don't want to be tone deaf. Right. You, you can be offensive, but mm -hmm. not being like, there's tone deaf is like a different quality. It's yeah. just like, yes. did you not think of that? Yes. Even, and, and you didn't address it in a clever way. But when, it's like when you said, when you make a horribly offensive joke, it better be more funny than it is offensive. Mm -hmm. And when you do a horror movie, it better be fucking smart and the kills better be great. Because yep. if you're just being offensive to be offensive, blah, 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 I think people are a little bored of that. Yes. And, you know, look. When but the you same make, way in comedy, it's like doing a joke that's already been done. It's like, it's just unoriginal. Well, comedy has gotten so stale and so safe, it makes me so sad that you, you were look just in at our writers' comedies. room, though. Like it's, I heard it's, it's it's good. And by the way, there are a lot of people that feel that way. That because because what it does is it, infant, it infantilizes the audience. It's like it treats everyone right. like a little child who can't hear a bad word and can't discern between a joke. Like mm -hmm. you're telling me as an adult, I'm too stupid. To, to understand the difference, the difference satire and between satire and that. When I used to do, I used to do these like rape jokes that I still stand behind, you know, it's like whatever. Like I was something, you know, I back when I did more like one-liners in the beginning of yeah. like the key to never get raped is just like, don't say no. Like I just like, <laughs> I just don't say no. It's like, I'm unrapeable. Yeah. Like or some people, women would come up to me after shows with like tears in their eyes and they're like, thank you for making me laugh about that. I've never been able to laugh about it, whatever. And then I would, yeah. I would have guys tell me or be like, you can't make rape jokes. Oh, like okay. I, I mean, the people that, the people that are so offended, I was like, but you're not the audience. Mm -hmm. I watched you're an entire room of white executives tell a black director that he had to hire a diverse person for a role. Oh, by the way, I've I've seen it where there's an Asian person. They're like, well, we're all white here in the room. We need some diversity. And the Asian person's like, um, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, we mean, I was, like, I was like, so we're not diverse enough. And then they're like, well, we need more diversity. It's like, well, they're gay. Well, does that, it's like, mm -hmm. what's your scorecard, guys? Yeah. If someone's fully black, are they more, or half, or is that half diverse? Like, it's actually amazing. Mm -hmm. And then they go, you can't even ask that question because that question's too, like, I'll report it to HR. Basically, it's become a power play to of I can get you fired. That's right. It's all, it's it's the, all about it's control. The mall, it's, None of this is about protection. It's None a citizen's this, arrest. Like, it's the this dork is, this and is the about, snitches. They can't get power any other way. This is about control. This oh, and is it's about, about guilt. Why are you telling a it's, it's someone this, of color? What it is, you know what it is? It all feeds into the and I read read Atlas Shrugged and the Fountainhead. Ayn Rand is my favorite writer. I've read her philosophy. I've read I went, it's I amazing. did Nord, I did Anthem, Fountainhead, Atlas Shrugged. In the pandemic, I was like 1984, Animal Farm, Anthem, 
Fountainhead, Atlas Shrugged. And I was like, oh yeah, we are repeating Atlas Shrugged. That's right. Ayn Rand is all about like, you shouldn't be ashamed of aspiring to greatness and achieving it. That's what, that's how skyscrapers are built. Mm-hmm. That's how we achieve our highest selves. And what we're capable of is by being the best. And when you do that, and then someone's like, you only had that because of this. I don't have it because either they don't have the talent or they don't work hard or life has dealt them a shitty hand or whatever. It's a way of trying to turn the tables of power with its nonsense, not by whoever is achieving the greatest. So what it is, I think, is people that have hijacked a good cause. I don't believe it starts there. And it's performative. I don't think it starts there. I think it starts from people that are really upset or being like, well, this is really fucked up. Like, oh, here's another show with five white people. Like, I get it. Like, I understand where it comes from. But I think it very quickly gets co-opted and hijacked by people that can turn it into a power struggle. I can get you fired for this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get the bag. I'm going to make money off this. And here's what I'll say. Uh, in my experience in this sort of like new thing is that the people that are the most, yeah, p- when you point a finger at someone, you point three at yourself. Oh, so God, it's like, the the, the, mean, it's always is... the people that have like skeletons in their closet. You know, remember when that guy, uh, the who was the New York police commissioner, Eric Schneider, maybe, who took like a, a press, start, um, initiated a press conference that nobody asked for just to say how bad of a person Harvey Weinstein was. Because he was, was, was and then, yeah, yeah. yeah, he had like punched two women in the neck. Like, something crazy. It was like wild. It's like the men that wear a shirt that says feminist. You're like, I would like to see your DMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also "Hmm." who, look at the designer. That's a male designer who's making money off of you pretending to be a feminist, you know? know? They doth protest too much. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that this, um, uh, yeah, this performative activism has gone like completely, uh, By the way, when we did Green Inferno, when I shot that 10 years ago, and the kids are holding signs saying, the janitors clean up after the 1%, they just go to the Amazon to save a tribe just to fucking be the top trending, to get, be trending on Twitter, to get on Reddit, for the phones. They don't care. They just, all they care about are the photos. Mm-hmm. And then they get fucking, their plane crashes, mm-hmm. and then the, they're treated as invaders, and they get fucking chopped up and eaten and become the food supply. <laughs> then they're begging for the bulldozers to show up to tear down the village to rescue them. It's all about that. And we thought we were going too far. We're like, well, no one's this ridiculous. And it's amazing how prescient it was. Like, you can't, we're like, oh my God, we actually, now you look at it, so Tim, we didn't go far enough yeah. with how crazy people go with this stuff. And But I get it. It's like people want, it's an easy way of getting instant recognition without doing the work. And and yep. a lot of people ask me for advice of being a director. And, you know, it's, it, they think that because they watch movies, they can just walk on a set and know what to do. And it's like, I've been doing this for 30 years now being on sets. Like, I understand. And you have to put in the time. Like, now... I'm entering that phase where I walk on the set. I know when people are lying. I know when they're not doing a job. I know how to do it. Just like you with being a comedian. You can't just be like, I'm funny. I make jokes. I make my friends laugh. I'm going to go have a podcast. I'm going to start to write. Like Mm -hmm. what you have accomplished from sitting down every day and writing down every funny thought you had and pushing and pushing and pushing. And I remember like driving. I have a very vivid memory of driving down Hollywood Boulevard and all along things just said Whitney, 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 Whitney. And it was like Hollywood and Highland. And they were spending 20 million, like millions million. on your the show. Biggest campaign, yeah. On biggest campaign on our show. And I was like, holy shit, Whitney fucking made it. Good for her. This is, I was so happy because I remember us on the treadmill fucking with each other at the gym. And I was like, she did it. And then it didn't really have your voice <sighs> and it, at all. And I was like, oh, this is it. You're getting. shoehorned in and I was like this is actually the worst thing that could happen because now most people think that she is this and that you fucking rebuilt it from scratch just actually literally using your voice 
putting the cameras in the room, saying whatever the fuck you want and putting it directly to your fans. Mm -hmm. And now Hollywood is beating down the door, begging you to work with them to be yourself. But you had to go through that experience of like doing the stand-up, blah, 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 having that fucking crushing humiliation of people going, this show isn't funny. And you're like, but this isn't even my, like yeah. it gets taken away from you. It's so far away from you. They took all my tweets like uh, in for the um, like tagline. They marketed as a, like a shitty sitcom from the 80s. Like I was like, please don't put this up. Please don't. like. It, was, it looked like Dude. Veronica's closet. It was like cursive. Oh, it was and I was like, I know. and I had never done, you know, I was like also made to be so annoying. Like, I know. I was, uh, you'd be watching the Super Bowl. marketing executive's idea of what you. Well, I tested, I test very highly. Yeah. So I tested really well and the pilot tested, you know, through the roof. It's weird. I test shitty and everything. Really? That's how I know it's going to work. I test fucking garbage. House of Clarence Wild tested well and Death Wish was the highest testing movie MGM ever had. And there was like two shootings before it came out. Unfortunately, I mean, obviously oh. not for the movie, but for other reasons. I remember but, that. I remember but, that. you know, Hostel was, Cabin Fear was the lowest testing movie in the history of Lionsgate. If you're supposed to get 100 is a good score, mm -hmm. we got a 19. Hostel, 33, 34. Because they're divisive. Because you're supposed to feel like I know shocked many and people feel that shitty. Say and that's people come out and they're like, how do you feel? Would I recommend it? No. Why? Because I don't feel good recommending this to my friends. They don't like this kind of stuff, but it doesn't matter. But also I used to um, do, uh, uh, when I was broke, had I married you, maybe I uh, had I have a little more money earlier. Um, but uh, We'd I, still be making jokes. We would have accomplished nothing. <laughs> we'd, just like, we'd just be like at the gym. We'd be like, who are those two weirdos We'd in be in amazing shape with a bunch of jokes we'd that we can't put so in anything. We'd be so ripped and totally broke because <laughs> we couldn't afford food. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, yeah, we're talking about- uh, Oh, when I was broke, I used to do focus groups uh, yeah. for products, for Neutrogena, for stuff like that. Like, I've been in focus groups. I know, and they go like, what did you not like about it? And just to be asked back, I would just feel like I had to answer. I'd be like, oh, well, I didn't really like like the well, consistency. They want to say something to, to make a comment. Like, people don't like this character. Well, yeah, he's the villain. Yeah. What did you not, not like about this character? And, and like, they think if they take away everything unlikable, but that's the death of interesting cinema. And then you see independent movies that come out and the people are like, really- People respond to authenticity. You well, know? Larry David, like... By the way, Smile, I mean, Smile was going to go straight to video and they tested it and they put it out and it was going to make $100 million. Incredible. So and we're going to this new joke about like, or I did it a while ago, but it's like, I'm trying to redo it now that Smile is out of like when men heckle you on the street, like, smile, smile. It's just like, you know how weird it would be if I was just like walking down the street, just like... Like it yeah. would be, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's so you don't want me to just be smiling all the time. There's nothing creepier than that, you yeah. know? Um, but uh, can I just ask you like speed round? You have to leave soon. Yeah. F uh, favorite horror movie. Like what was the one that, yeah, I know it's probably online somewhere. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be favorite. Just like mine is basket case. Basket is a masterpiece. Yes. You know, I'm obsessed with basket. Case. I'm obsessed with basket case. It's, it's, it's a brilliant film. Have mm -hmm. you, there's a beautiful 4k restoration on the arrow channel of basket, basket case. arrow channel is my favorite channel. It's like, if you subscribe to that. arrow channel, arrow channel is incredible. It might be on shutter as well, but okay. um, where you can see history of horror. Okay. Um, basket case, Frank Henenlotter. I like basket case too. Obsessed. Henenlotter is a really, really, he did good Joe Bob Briggs episode. Where he, have you ever seen, have you seen Frankenhooker? Yes. It really holds up. Yes. Yeah, she looks yes. like Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker really, really holds up. Yeah. Fucking Hen and Lauder was one of my favorite. And Jeffrey Lorenz are, are from, yeah. It's, yeah, it's done, done, done. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so Basket Case. I watched Basket Case. Okay. Yeah. I saw Basket Case when I was a kid. The two VHS tapes I rented that night were Basket Case and Pieces. <gasps> and let me just say, I let me put Pieces out there as my favorite horror film. That's wild. Pieces I is the most fun you'll ever have watching a movie. I don't want to ruin it. It was okay. an openly gay director in Spain in like 1982, Juan Piquer Simon, 
And the whole movie is clearly about his sort of issues with repressed sexuality. It's Amazing. the best fucking slasher movie. I mean, it's literally like the girl walks in the elevator and the guy's like hiding the chainsaw. And it's like, oh, hi, I didn't know you were you were here. And, and pulls it out. And then they're like, there's some amazing deaths because it shows it. And Paul, uh, Paul L. Smith, who played Bluto and Popeye, is in it just giving the stink eye. It's a great <laughs> whodunit, like slasher, trying to guess who the killer is. With Ian Sarah as Kendall, who, who starred in there was like a, a Mac and Me ripoff with him and Trumpy the Elephant, or Trumpy the Trumpy the Alien. There's there's a Mac, there's an ET ripoff called Extraterrestrial Invaders that came out from the same director actor combo of Pieces. Wampy Kirsten, he also made a movie called Slugs. But but if you watch Pieces, mm-hmm. the Ian Sarah Wampy Kirsten movie, where there's an alien and the alien's name is Trumpy. It's called Extraterrestrial Visitors. <laughs> Sublime ripoff Spanish cinema. So, yeah, I, also, pieces. I also love uh, movies that are horror movies by accident. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, I love uh, uh, Lost in La Mancha about Terry Gilliam it's trying terrifying. to make. Uh, uh, oh, it's called Man, Man of La Mancha. No, it's Lost in La Mancha. Right? Oh, Lost in La Mancha and is trying to make it's this too upsetting. movie. I watch it. It's too upsetting. As a filmmaker, it's, it's like, if anyone in production it is the hardest thing to watch, everything that could go wrong goes wrong. Like, to the point of where, like, okay, the actor that's playing Don Quixote, like, he, yeah. all he has to do is sit on a horse. He gets testicular cancer, right? Or prostate yeah, cancer. Prostate and they're cancer. like, the only thing you can't do is sit on a horse. Like, it is just, and then they. And the sets it, blow down. And oh, yeah. Well, there's a flood. They lose all their cameras, but then also they, they, they're they shooting in this desert. So these it's, rains no, it's come. Too, it's too upsetting. So the clay and the sand is now dark and it doesn't match any of what they did. And they have to wait for the sand to dry for like four months. No, it's, like, it's like Fitzcarraldo. The, the costume trailer like caught on fire. Everything. And it was all these gorgeous costumes. Like, it's stuff like that. I love like things that are horror movies to you if it's something you do for a living. Yeah. That's definitely no loss in law. I was I remember we had a test screening of Cabin Fever, or there was like a screening of something, and then we like started, and I went in the theater next door and with Lost in the Mod, and I did like a Q and A after, and I was so depressed. I was it's mm-hmm. like deeply rattled by that film. Um, may I ask, are there any movies you wish you made or would want to remake? Oh my god! Well, the movies that you wish you made, like what if I had made Caddyshack or something <laughs> like that? You know, like a masterpiece, like like or the Blues Brothers to just drive through a shopping mall or jump the bridges. Yes. Like that, those are the movies that got me excited. Or like, what if I had made the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? What was it like to be there? And I talked to Toby Hooper, God rest his soul, about what it was like making that movie, being on that set, mm-hmm. going insane in the 110 degree heat, filming like the meat rotting on the table and this, like everyone just going insane making that film. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like the movies that I wanted to remake are the movies that I left the theater. I got to that age where I started being mad that I spent money on a movie. So I was like, I really want to remake Caddyshack too. You know that Back to School, I know who owns the rights to Back to School. Rodney Dangerfield. Well, back, yeah. Well, Back to School, I think was fine. Yeah. Keith Gordon, Rodney Dangerfield, The Triple Lindy, M. Emmett Walsh. I don't have like a deep desire to remake Back to School. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought Sam Sam Kinison was fantastic in Back to School. But weirdly, Sam Kinison, Back to School and Police Academy 2 came out. Right, right. So they had Bobcat Goldthwait and Sam Kinison broke at the same time in a movie. And everyone's like, you know the guy who screams in Back to School? It's like, that's the guy from Police Academy 2. It's like, no, it's not. The guy from Police Academy 2 isn't the guy from Back to School. That's, you know, it was crazy. Um, and then also, but basically, Los Angeles has turned into Police Academy too. It's it, where all the police leave and the criminals with like just take AR, over. Remix it's of just, idiocracy. No, it's basically, there's no police in Bobcat Goldthwait. It's like also <laughs> also one of my favorite accidental horror movies for me is a Bobcat Goldthwait joint called Windy City Heat, 
where you are. That's not even excellent horror. That is the best movie. I think the I think that the funniest movie I've ever seen. Movie I've ever made. Yeah, I make it. That's like my test of Me like, too. can I be friends with you? Mm -hmm. Can we talk about? And can Windy I date Heat? you? First, I just need you to watch. Damn we need it. to watch Windy, need, Windy City Heat. And let if you don't get it, if you don't get. Windy City Heat. There's nothing. I've had there's a lot of guys be like, "This looks. This is me." No, I met Don Barris, and I was like, I was completely starstruck by the big three. I have a big three T-shirt. I'm like fully, <gasps> you know, the man, the Van Nuys Film Festival. Everything about that movie is it's like, flawless. Flawless. And, by the well, way, you know, do you know what I do now released? on set? Huh. I go and act. <laughs> I don't say action. I say. <laughs> because that's what Bobcat does. I did that on my last film. Remember I would when, say that and Remember when he took the phone call with Perry there and he goes, it's the president of show business. Yeah, it's like, it's like I have a ship to shore call. It's the greatest. Ship to shore call, don't eat this. Hiroshima, Hiroshima Nagasaki is coming. Don't touch the donuts. Mole! Mole! Hey, what are these donuts? Right? Mole! Mole, you can't! Movie over! It's just like, Did you see the wow. episode... Where he went on Kimmel for the premiere. He went to the premiere and went on Kimmel because Kimmel was a producer on it too. And yeah, Adam no, Carolla, I, I like forgot that that even happened. Genius. Perry is like uh, um, tweets about me kind of constantly. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm kind of like weirdly starstruck, but I don't know if I should have him on the podcast. Yeah, you America's know? Sweethearts, accidental horror movie, Billy Crystal and Julia Roberts. Interesting. People are like. If you could relive your life, like if you could do anything over, I would do, I was like, I would do everything exactly as I did it, hmm. except for the two hours where I watched America's Sweethearts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the one with um, Catherine Zeta-Jones? It's it's Julia Roberts and Billy Crystal where he's like a publicist <laughs> trying to, it's like, it's my, it's got shades of my giant. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, Catherine Zeta Jones is in this as her sister or the 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 celebrity that she assists or something. It was just so, it was just not my favorite movie. Yeah, tricky. I don't know. Um, by the way, Irreversible is one of uh, changed my life. The Gaspar is amazing. Yeah, you met Gaspar. It changed. No, it's incredible. It changed. Did you see climax? No. Oh, it's so good. So yeah, I saw I, it when I, I went to. I stand alone. Climax. Have you seen Love? Yes. Incredible. But but irreversible. It's it's it is the hard a hard a tough watch. Yeah. But it changed the way that I perceived time and appreciated my time because you see it, it's told completely in reverse. Yeah. So you see the horrible shit at the end that happened. Isn't it three takes, the whole movie? Three or four takes? I don't know. Something I think like it's that. like three or four takes. You see the horrible thing, uh, and you see the couple fighting before the before the thing, horrible the, thing yeah, happened, and then the you thing. see them just being boring as couple, and you're like, like it's it made me appreciate look at time differently and stop wasting it. It made me make different decisions. I'm just checking to see how fucked I am for my next appointment. I'm so sorry. No, 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 I just want to make sure that I need to be on a road. And then, are you on Wi-Fi? Good for you. I am supposed to be on a Zoom at four. Um, Arrival three fifty seven from home. So if you leave now, no, I have to go to it. Anyways, do are you going to go back? I'll be to, fine. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. No, uh, I'm going say to. I have to go uh, sound mix trick or treat, which is out now in Meta Quest Horizon Worlds and Meta Quest TV. Obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. It's so fun. I, Seeing it in VR, you're like in the haunted house. It's really cool. I, and yeah, you do need one of those headsets, but that's kind of the fun of it. I have a billion more um, questions don't for you. Me. I'm going to right. not today, Dylan. not today. We might have to do a round two. I'm going to force you to come back. I'm going to force you to do one of our don't roasts. Force. I'm um, done. It's, I'm in. It's you now know. time in Hollywood for women to force men to do things. I, I men force themselves on me. I force men to do my podcast. <laughs> it's not really a force. If I agree to, if I just say, if I just say yes, <laughs> you're on. Un I'm unforceable. <laughs>
<laughs> this NDA is unenforceable also. Um, I love you so much. I end these very awkwardly. I don't want to disrespect your time. So I'm going to let you go. I thought that was it. I was just freezing. Me? I thought oh. it was like Aunt Scene. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I I do have to go mix the thing. Okay, but I, I love end it. these we'll awkwardly. I'm don't ride think, elephants. Um, and don't kill sharks. Don't shark kill sharks. free. Go to a futurewithsharks.com. Go on Discovery Plus and watch Finn if you want to learn more. Yes, or you can watch all my other shows on there. I want to do a screening Follow here. Follow Eli Roth Presents for that stuff. Go to MetaQuest, Trick or Treat, and you know just try and not eat shark. Let me ask you, is there a connection between uh, global warming uh, or uh, climate change, whatever you guys believe, whatever, and the killing of sharks? There's no question that when you throw the ocean that out of balance, something is off. I'm, mm -hmm. not, I'm not a scientist. I could not prove that, but we are proving that you, as you're seeing these algae blooms spreading and reefs dying, reefs with, like the Yellowstones, reefs without sharks keeping things in balance that are producing our oxygen, obviously things are, things are messed up. And we, and we don't have the grass trapping carbon, the seagrass, because we're killing all the tiger sharks, so the turtles are overpopulated. Mm -hmm. Like when things are out of balance, the, the planet can't naturally heal itself. Mm -hmm. So what do, and the problem is that like when they say going to CITES to get things listed as threatened and endangered, there's so much money behind the fishing industry to keep things going the way they are. It is entirely an industry so of death. Also, Anytime you see a shark out of the water, someone's making money. So, and also something needs to happen because the dolphin safe tuna thing, that like worked, you know, saying dolphin well, safe, do, dolphin the safe. Way, there needs is, to be shark safe. There we're going to do that. I'm working with shark allies. I'm going to partner with them. We're going to start a shark free label. I'm working with Emma. They, they started non-GMO. They're like, they're, they're great. So I, there's a great app where you can um, uh, make sure that things are actually not used, uh, animal products aren't used in it, where you mm -hmm. can like run the barcode, but we'll make sh we have to make sure that sharks uh, is involved in that. Yeah. Have you tried the Impossible Panda Burger? It tastes just like real panda. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. <laughs> and we make sure it's, it's not just, just on him. I love you guys. Don't ride elephants. Um, you know what to do. Uh, I promise I will have Eli back and I will ask all the questions that you guys sent that we didn't get to. Um, they can yell at me at Real Eli Roth on Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do they that. Can, if, if people want to go after me, Real Eli Roth. No, they'll love you because um, uh, you don't let me interrupt you. Everyone's going to love you. Okay. I love you guys. Don't ride elephants. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.